welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. This week's episode is Temporary Storage Solutions. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. Hey, good morning, everyone. As Brian said, happy Friday. We have made it to yet another Coffee Talk. We're excited to bring Temporary Storage Solutions to you here this morning. So with that, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us here this morning. Really appreciate your time. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So to get things started here this morning, uh, Rick, can you share a little bit about your role with AGI? Sure. I'm the international technical support guy. I uh, work on the the big material handling conveyors that uh, load ships and vessels around the world. But uh, I also have a history with temporary grain storage from Union Iron and the development of that product line. Great, great. So, uh, Jeff, same question. Share a little bit about what you do with SureTrack. Sure, Laura, thanks. I work with our strategic customers and uh, uh, sell them the SureTrack product offerings. And then I also um, work with the strategic uh, customers and their growers to make sure that we give them total solutions. Yeah, great. So, you know, looking at uh, what temporary storage, permanent storage looks like on the farm today, um, there's definitely some gaps, some undeniable gaps, especially there in Iowa. So, you know, Rick, looking at what things looked at, look like after the uh, derecho went through, what what kind of shortage are we looking at? Um, you know, I've heard anywhere from 57 million bushels of, of on-farm storage is lost. Is it possible that we're going to see that made up in a year, two years? What does that look like? Yeah, I personally think you're probably looking at a three-year endeavor. So temporary grain storage is definitely a, a viable option to to fill that void. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's let's talk about some of that permanent storage first. You know, what kind of options do do these guys have? You know, what are the best cases, economic cases for putting that temporary storage solution in place? Well, for yeah, for temporary storage, um, you know, you just got to find a, a location that's high and dry and, you know, assess the situation, determine a realistic number of bushels that uh, you're, you're wanting to contain and, you know, have some ideas to the duration or the length of the storage time. But, you know, it's, it's all site preparation and building the system. Systems are readily available, so it's a function of site prep. Yeah. So what are some realistic expectations, you know, in terms of storage? Obviously, we're not going to be able to hold as long as we would in a permanent storage situation. What are some some realistic expectations on on storage in, in temporary situations, Rick? Oh, sure. You, you can you can store grain, uh, you know, so it, it, it's a function of grain quality. So if you go out there with clean, dry commodity and maintain a tarp and an aeration system on it, you can maintain grain for six, eight months comfortably. So you just have to monitor the condition and make sure that you keep uh, aeration on it. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about what that construction process looks like. So, Rick, is this something that a farmer should be looking to a professional to put in place, or is it a phone call? What's that conversation usually look like? 
I, I think it's whatever the, the individual is comfortable with, what their skill set and machinery capabilities are. You know, it's, it's the, the first phase is picking a site that is high and dry, uh, clearing any vegetation from the site, compacting the soils, and then putting down what typically it would be a four-inch lift of ag lime that's properly compacted. And then you begin the construction of the, the wall system and the aeration system. But, uh, you know, it's... Some large producers are capable of handling the site work themselves. Yeah. So, Jeff, Rick, are you guys getting some of these calls now from customers? Or, you know, are they curious about what temporary storage is going to look like and looking for some support? They are, Laura. And I think one of the things they're trying to do, too, is see what they can replace uh, in steel today. Um, you know, with AGI, we have very short lead times on our bins. A lot of the contractors and the builders are, are really busy, right? It's mm-hmm. If they're not focused on harvest right now, they're wrapping up a lot of projects. So this right. temp storage solution is a short, short solution for them to get their product in there. And you think about um, it's not just the bin that, that was lost, the material handling that fed it. There was a lot of a lot of pieces of the puzzle that um, uh, maybe maybe aren't there today due to the storms that came through Iowa. So right, yeah. Obviously, obviously oh, if there's a large if there's a large crop out there. Even when there's not storms, the temporary storage is a great solution for for those large crops that happen. It seems like every year. Right. Yeah. You know, we were talking, that's where I was headed. We were talking about temporary storage, you know, even before we had this uh, on-farm storage loss there in Iowa. So, you know, looking at potentially the the biggest crops of of corn and soybeans that we've seen in some time. Um, Rick, let's talk a little bit more about what that site preparation looks like. So, you know, if someone wants to get started, what are, what are first steps? Obviously picking a site, but then how are you looking at estimating the area that you're going to need versus the bushels you have to store? Yeah, I guess at that point, you you do need to contact a company or division like Union Iron and and ask those questions. You know, the the first thing that uh, the producer would need to know is how many bushels am I trying to contain in the system? You know, if it's a a 100,000 bushel system or a 400,000 bushel system, obviously the footprint changes, the the geometry, geometry changes with that. So... Um, I mean, I can throw out a couple of random figures here. Just a, uh, a 100 by 400 foot footprint would be approximately 400,000 bushels. But, um, you know, if you get into, sorry, um, say an 80 by 200, that's 138,000 bushels. So these are questions that can be answered pretty pretty on the spot. I mean, you can pick up the phone and call Union Iron and they can run through some scenarios with you and give you some some feel for, you know, the, the geometry and the site preparation that would be required. Yeah, so you've already touched on a little bit of this, but let's look at that next step. So you've got your area measured, you know, you, you know how many bushels you have to store. What are you looking at for putting a good pad in place for storage? What's that process consist of? Yeah, like I said before, the first thing you want to do is pick a site that's high and dry. You don't want to pick somewhere where water can be ponding or where there are, you know, ditches adjacent to the system. You need to 
pick a site that is 20 to 40 feet wider and longer than the anticipated size of the, the temp store system. But then you just remove the vegetation and compact the soils. It's uh, compaction is the, the key thing. You know, the harder you compact the soils, the term is 98% modified proctor is how dense you compact things to. But uh, that prevents moisture migration from the ground up into the pile and also helps shed water. If you get, say, a, an inch and a half rain while you're filling the pile and it's uncovered, it will give it a place to shed the water off. So soil compaction is probably the most critical facet of this. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people put down a, a four-inch lift of just ag lime. It sheds water well. Uh, it doesn't pick up when you go to pick up the pile. You know, you're not at risk of picking up what's deemed a stone, something that would turn your 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 load to the to the co-op as a sample grade. So, you know, it's it's ag lime is a very good base. Some people yeah. spend the money to go with a, an asphalt or a, a concrete base, but you know, I'm not a big fan. I think the ag lime is the the preparation of choice. Yeah, and you know, looking out out past, um, you know, when you would need that temporary storage, can you go ahead and spread that afterwards? Can you go ahead and utilize that ag lime that you used for the base afterwards? Uh, what oh, does that? Uh, yeah, you may back into play after the site's gone. Yeah, you may be able to do that, but you know, your best bet's probably just till it back in if you're using it, you know, as part of your your production field. You know, they, I, yeah, I don't think you could pick up the ag lime and reuse it or distribute it among, you know, out in the field. Sure. Okay. Rick, normally a, a temp storage pile is there for how many years? And not the grain, oh, yeah. the pile itself, you know, the, the location, the, the walls, et cetera. Yeah, no, as long as it's properly done, a, a temp store system can be functional for up to 20 years. Right. I mean, it's all, you know, hot dip galvanized, galvanized construction. So as long as the base is done properly, you know, there are a couple of things that I would deem consumables. You know, the tarp is typically a one-year tarp, so you have to replace the tarp every year. The uh, aeration system is typically uh, plastic pipe, and it's covered with a sock that prevents uh, grain from getting into the to the aeration pipe. So the socks would be a consumable as well. But other than replacing the socks and the tarp, the system should last upwards of 20 years. So is that 20 years something that you typically see? Is that a typical longevity for some of these sites? You know, most places that put up temporary storage end up, you know, the, they're they're using a temp store as a stop gap where, you know, in two years they're going to build another bin. So every year they continue to add storage to the facility. Eventually they, they reduce the need for the temp store system and they actually fold them up and sell them. I mean, they have a good aftermarket, uh, you know, when, when they're done using them, a lot of people will sell their temp store to someone else that needs it. Yeah, so let's talk about the availability of temp store. You know, um, we had the conversation before the coffee talk got started here this morning that some of the supplies for these permanent storage solutions are going to be in pretty short supply going forward. Can you get temporary storage materials right now? Sure. I, you know, I, I, I'm not directly involved with the Union Iron 
facility anymore, but uh, yeah, they should be able to produce a temp store system of 400,000 bushel system in less than a week. So yes, I would say they are readily available. They generally maintain an inventory of, of components as well. So I mean, I would right. think a one, one to two week delivery time would be realistic. Yeah, so really just a matter of picking up the phone and, and making that call. So, Jeff, Rick, let's talk a little bit more about, um, you know, what that temporary storage process looks like. So, you know, what's a good percent moisture that we're talking about going into temporary storage? Is that going to vary from permanent storage? Well, it definitely varies, you know, geographically. If, if you're out in southwest Kansas where the winters are very dry, I mean, they'll, they'll go to the ground at 17, 8%, 18% moisture. And since they run the fans you know, basically 24 hours a day, um, that they, when they go to pick up the pile in the spring, they're picking up 12 and a half, 13% moisture corn. So, but if you try the, that same scenario in the Delta down Mississippi, Louisiana, I mean, obviously you want to go down as dry as you possibly can. And, you know, so geographically it really makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. And probably how long you're going to hold it as well. Right. Correct. Yeah. Or one of the advantages of our pile manager, Rick talked about that, that uh, running the fans all the time, the shrink that happens, you know, with our pile manager, you can set the, you can set the uh, parameters to only run certain fans at certain wind speeds. So you can still keep aeration on it, but you don't have to turn all the fans on all the time. And a lot of times the tarp is ruined because it comes off the pile. Right. So we've all seen the, we've all seen the, the wind gusts come through. And next thing you know, you drive by a facility that's got a temp storage um, system and the tarps partly off. Um, one reason is because, you know, someone didn't turn the fans on because the fans are what keep that tarp on. So once again, back to that pile manager that we have within the AGI SureTrack product portfolio, it helps you reduce that shrink, obviously saves energy because you're not running your fans all the time. And then in the big thing is keeping that tarp on to keep that quality of rain under in that pile. Yeah. Right. So aeration is a huge question that you guys are getting all the time in permanent storage. Is that something that you're seeing in temporary storage as well? And how do you answer that? How many fans do you need? Um, you know, what's that conversation look like? Rick, Jeff, either one of you. Yeah, I guess uh, it's very similar to permanent storage in that, you know, you want to target that one-tenth CFM per bushel um, for a few reasons, you know, to maintain grain quality. But like Jeff said, you know, you want to maintain enough air to to hold the tarp on. You know, you're basically shrink wrapping that tarp to the pile, no matter how big it is. It, It... you know, really pulls that uh, tarp down hard against the pile so wind can't get under it and blow it away. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, talk a little bit about how Pile Manager helps with that. Um, you know, sure. where does Pile Manager become involved in the aeration process? Yeah. So, um, the way our Pile Manager works, it controls the fans. And um, in doing so, you set wind parameters. We have a weather station that measures wind gusts. Um, and then uh, you can turn fans on or off based on based on how, how that wind speed is. Um Automatically, you don't have to have someone run out to the fans or, or manage, you know, figure out what the wind speed is. And next thing you know, there's a gust and, and things don't stay in place as well as they do. So, um, but the operator actually uh, manages that those parameters. They know their system and their site better than anyone. We all know that you go to a grain facility. It seems like the wind picks up depending on where you're at in that grain facility. So 
Um, they establish those parameters. Obviously, within AGI, we can assist with the CFM and the fans. We have our Lanco and Green Guard brands that we can sell. Um, and then they obviously calculate how many fans are needed. And then we can connect those fans directly to our pile manager system. Yeah, great. So can they expect the same type of customer service? You know, what if there's any issues or they need some help walking through something? Is it similar to what they're going to receive on the bin manager side? Absolutely. Yep. So there's remote monitoring taking place. We can see any kind of activities that happen, alerts. Um, we can assist the customer with the parameters. Um, and it's a very simple process. You can do it on your on your phone. You can do it on your computer, whatever you want. Um, at the beginning of, the, of today's um, uh, coffee talk we did have a, a brief uh, video around that and obviously in our adria sure truck community it also has the videos out there too yeah so is that just a conversation with the sales manager that you've been working with you know say for your bin manager um how do you learn more about that and, and get the system in play yeah absolutely um normally um you know we look at the size of the pile that's that's obviously a, a big deal how many fans are on it and then we can uh, adjust the system accordingly based on the number of fans um, the platform uh, is very simple. Uh, it's all web-based. Um, you don't have to connect it to anything. You don't have to connect it to a PLC system or anything because it's really an independent product. Uh, it does sit many times, you know, far away from from uh, a control room. Um, so having it remote like we have it today works very well for the operators. So, and then if something happens, you know, when they're on the weekend or in the middle of the night, whatever, after harvest, and there's not many people at, at the location, they can monitor that anytime they want to via our platform. Yeah, so Rick and I talked about it, you know, the beginning of this conversation, what was a realistic expectation for bushels managed? So same question on the pile manager, is there a realistic expectation? Is there a limit to what you can to manage with a pile manager? It depends on the number of fans, right? So obviously the normally the larger the pile, the more fans. Um, and, and, you know, we can do any uh, number of fans. We may have to add a control box here or there depending on, on the size, but, um, you know, really our limit is literally infinite with um, the size of the pile. Yeah, great. So, you know, we've talked about um, temporary storage on site. What about some of the other solutions that we read about sometimes? Bags, indoor storage. Are those really an option? What's your opinion on that, Rick? Yeah, I'm, I'm losing my signal here, Laura. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the alternatives are permanent storage, you know, so concrete bins or steel bins, small bins. I mean, there's, you know, it all depends on the individual's needs, you know, whether it's a, a producer or a co-op or a river terminal or a train loader, you know, the needs are all, you know, dependent on the, the situation. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so sometimes we hear a lot about non-bin indoor storage yep. um, and then bags as well. So are those really solutions? Is that something that you would ever recommend to a producer? I, I know my personal... I'm not a big fan of bags, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen... I, I live in central Illinois last year. We had, you know, not a really cold winter in... I saw many bags in the fields that were surrounded by water, surrounded by mud. Um, you know, you couldn't get to them. I mean, it, it seems like a simple solution, but the quality of that product when it when it comes out of the bag is usually 
core. Um, there's a huge risk of the bag um, sweating inside, moisture, um, obviously tearing. Um, mm-hmm. They're definitely a one-use kind of um, um, product. Uh, but in reality, you know, a lot of people use that just as a temporary quick fix. Um, and many times you'll see it one year and then they'll go to that permanent storage solution, um, which once again, you try it. You find out it doesn't work well, then you go back to the old tried and true method of putting a steel bin up. Right, right. So, you know, same question on the non-bin indoor storage. You know, um, I've read a lot about that recently as well. Guys looking for opportunities and options to, you know, store maybe in a big implement shed that they have. What's that look like? Rick, I'll let you walk through that one. All right. Yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, using implements, you know, buildings uh, for grain storage is really not a solution. The The walls are not uh, structurally sound enough to, to withstand any grain pressure on the wall. So then it limits the size of the pile. And when you start calculating how many bushels you can actually get in a building, you'll find that if you can't have a wall height, you know, where you can um, accumulate grain in a vertical path up the wall the 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 bushels just are not there you you can't get near as many bushels in a building as what you would you know initially think yeah so you know putting pencil to paper and looking at the economics of the situation it sounds like you know the outside temporary storage is is going to be the best way to go you know preparing a site and and managing that well um, would you guys both agree with that Oh, absolutely. You know, and you talked about aeration. Usually when you're yeah. using a building for aeration, you don't have the venting. You don't have the aeration. Mm-hmm. Um, some buildings are designed to do that, to, to store grain. But in a temporary situation, you're just you're just really asking for a lot of issues when you want to get rid of that grain. So quality is going right. to be poor. Right. All right. So as we look at wrapping up here this morning, is there anything that I've missed that either of you would like to add? Yeah, temporary storage, we talked about it, it really isn't temporary. Yeah, it I don't is, think so. Right, it is temporary, but like Rick said, these systems can last 20 years. So the investment, yeah. you know, your ROI is very quick on the on the product. Um, and you can use it, you know, in those big years of crops and, and or um, just use it as storage, as a storage facility for yourself. So, yeah, absolutely. So really, uh, you might go into it thinking it's a short term investment, but really it's going to add value to, to what you're doing there on the farm is, is what I'm hearing, Jeff. Yeah. And then you added the pile manager that we have to make sure that that tarp stays on, the quality of the grain stays consistent, um, reducing energy, making sure you don't need to get shrink. You know, there's there's functions and features today that a lot of people don't use because they've just done it the old way. So with technology, um, we have solutions for the customer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's no better time than now to, to make that phone call and, and start learning about some of these opportunities, um, you know, looking at this big crop and, um, you know, God forbid, if you are in, in one of those situations that were, you know, damaged by the weather this summer. So, well, thanks guys for joining us here this morning. Really appreciate it. Um, looking at um, wrapping things up here, uh, Rick, appreciate uh, your time and uh, hope you get back to traveling soon. <laughs> Jeff, thanks again. All for right. Your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.